Welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. Hosted by the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program, our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome to Talking Facts. This is your host, Dr. Jennifer Hunter, Assistant Director for Family Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Ann Hall Norris, our Extension Specialist for Food Preservation. Welcome, Ann Hall. Hi, Jennifer. Thanks for having me. So today's topic is one that I'm going to be honest, I had never heard of before, but that you really felt would be of interest to our listeners. And that topic is dry canning. And like I just said, I did not even know what it was. So I had to go do a little bit of internet search just to even learn more about the concept. But as I did that, I did learn that there is quite a bit of information or dialogue, I guess, going on online right now about dry canning. So I just want to start and ask the question of what exactly is dry canning? Well, dry canning is when you take a dried, already shelf-stable product like pasta, you know, macaroni noodles, flour, your uh, pinto beans, a product that's already dried. You put it in a glass jar put the lid and ring on and set it in a warm oven, maybe 200 or 250 degrees. Let it sit for about 15 or 20 minutes and then take that jar out and let it cool on your counter. And as that jar cools, a seal will form. That lid will flatten and you might even hear a pop like you do with regular canning. Now, a seal did form on that jar. It's not a very strong seal and it isn't going to last. But people assume that now that product has been canned in a dry environment. And it actually is in a jar that's sealed, but it hasn't been truly canned. Dry canning is not a research-based method of canning or food preservation. It's not even a very good way to store your dried food. So, Ann Hall, as we chatted a little bit today before we started the podcast, just to help me understand more about dry canning, the question I asked you is, you know, why would someone want to do this? And you said, well, probably the better question is, why should individuals not dry can? So, let's ask that question because you just mentioned that it's not a recommended practice. And why is that? Well, It's not recommended because those dried foods have already had all of the moisture taken out of them. They are ready to store just like you purchased them. So they are safe because all of the moisture has been removed from those products. They're dried. So when you put them in that warm oven inside that jar, you allow moisture to develop inside that jar. When you heat it up, even at temperatures as low as 200, moisture is going to develop inside that jar. And if there were any bacteria in that product, say on the beans or in the flour, now you've given that bacteria some moisture and it could grow. So when you have a dried product, the worst thing you can do is introduce moisture into that product. And that's exactly what you're doing when you put it in that oven. So you don't want to do that. With our dry goods, should we just leave them in the container that they come in or maybe after I open my flour or after I open my pinto beans, should I put them in a sealed container like a Tupperware for lack of a better word, but some type of of container that has a strong seal on it or should I just leave them in the container that they come in? 
Well, if you're planning for long-term storage, or maybe you've already opened that big bag of flour, the best way to store it is in a glass jar with a tight-fitting lid or in a, in a large plastic container with a, with a tight-fitting lid, like a Tupperware container. Like plastic was the word I was searching yes, for earlier plastic. and could not yes. come up with it all. <laughs> but I'm, I'm from the age of Tupperware, so I throw that word around even, even though I shouldn't. Yes, large plastic food-grade containers with tight-fitting lids. That keeps the air out, moisture out. You want to store those foods in a cool, dark environment as well if you're planning for long-term storage. I use my flour quite a bit. And so after I open it, I do put it in a, in a glass container, kind of my working container on the counter, but I will buy my pinto beans in bulk and I will store those in a, in a large plastic container with a tight fitting lid. So I will say this, and this probably lets our listeners into way too much about our weirdness in our household, but we buy our pinto beans in bulk as well. And I'll actually go ahead and pre-measure them out into the amount that we do. And then I store them in individual bags, storage Mm -hmm. bags with a seal on them. Is that okay? Or should we be better off storing them in a different time? You can. And thank you for bringing that up. You should go ahead and measure out exactly what you need. So you're not opening that container and introducing air and moisture each time you want to use your product. And so the best type of plastic bag is going to be the freezer grade bag because it is thicker. And you want to go old school and try to do the homemade vacuum seal with the straw. Have you ever done that? Just place the straw in the corner. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so that's removing as much air as possible out of that. And so you can actually put your beans in that bag, squeeze out the moisture, and then use the straw to, to remove that last little bit of moisture. And it produces your own vacuum seal. And I also want to circle back and ask another question about flour, because you mentioned a cool, dry place. Is that something that we should be putting like in our refrigerator or freezer, or is it just best left kind of at room temperature, but maybe in a cabinet that's, that's cool and dry? That's correct. Yes. A cabinet that's cool and dry. You don't want those extreme temperatures like the warm oven or the cold refrigerator. So just a cool, dry, dark place is best for long-term storage. Wonderful, Ann Hall. I love the opportunity to do this podcast because I always learn so much. And today today has been no different. So thank you so much. Thanks, Jennifer. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition and health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, leave a like and comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT. Visit us online at fcs.uky.edu to learn more about the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program or contact your local extension agent for family and consumer sciences. We build strong families. It starts with us.